Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Asking the same question that was once asked of Dan Rather, what is the frequency, Kenneth? Well, when we talk about frequency, you have to have a discussion of radio. Frequency is your address. Frequency is your phone number. Frequency is how people find you. And someone that knows that all too well is Glenn Morrison, the president of the Desert Rats or the Radio Amateur Transmitting Society, a club that is dedicated to everything related to ham radio, something I'm very interested in and something many of you may be interested in learning more about. Glenn, thanks so much for joining me on the radio, not necessarily the ham variety, but radio nonetheless. Oh, well, thanks for having me on, Frank. Glenn, educate folks. Uh, we do have a lot of younger listeners that might not have grown up operating or be even being familiar with a ham radio. What is ham radio? Uh, well, actually, in a way, uh, ham radio is the original uh, social media. Um, you know, it's uh, we, we all get together and, and talk with each other and things like that. Uh, talk with people around the world. Uh, it's kind of like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, though, you know, you never know who you're going to get on the other end. So uh, uh, it's uh, it's real fun. It's There's a little of everything in it for everybody. Uh, we have uh, we have things that are called repeaters that pick up uh, your local signal and will, uh, uh, on certain bands, you can't get very far, like police and fire. They're little walkie-talkies. It doesn't get them very far. So they've got repeaters up on tall buildings or mountains that pick it up and then retransmit it. And uh, you can get into ham radio for $100 with a little walkie-talkie and talk to uh, other ham radio operators. It is licensed. Ham radio operators have the same rules as WABC does. Uh, We even have to ID every 10 minutes. Uh, Well, that's interesting. I'm going to ask you about that in just a bit. But, you know, we've been talking about this, um, and we're keeping everybody up to date on this missing submersive that's possibly 13,000 feet under the surface of the ocean, and a lot of people are concerned. And to me, it has really reminded me of the importance of radio in the event of emergencies and ham radio. What role could and does ham radio play when we're talking about emergencies? Okay, well, uh, actually, yeah, this coming weekend is a really big weekend for uh, uh, ham radio operators. Uh, Canada and the uh, United States uh, 
we have a thing called Field Day, and uh, uh, you go out and everybody goes out and tries to operate with generators, batteries, uh, solar, things like that, and operate for 24 hours uh, and make as many contacts with as many other hams as possible. But it's, it's, it's an emergency drill. Uh, our club is going to be operating three transmitters, all by solar and battery uh, power. We're going to be down at a, at a local lake, but uh, at a campground there. But the point is we're going to be erecting antennas and bringing in batteries and solar power and operating for 24 hours straight. Uh, making as many contacts as we can with other hams around uh, North America. So that's part of that uh, that emergency drill. Um, one of the things that uh, I think people may be familiar with, because we have a lot of truck drivers listening and other people that spend a lot of time on the road in the middle of the night, is CB radio. Uh, what is ham radio as it relates to CB radio? It's distinctly different, right? It's not the same thing? Oh, not not even close. First off, CB is restricted to one little band, and I'm not even sure the the power limitations. I think it's it's maybe around 25 watts from your transmitter. Uh, ham radio has oh um, maybe uh, 15 or 20 different bands that we can operate on. We're not channelized, and we can run about 1500 watts. There's AM transmitters that uh, broadcast transmitters that don't oh, run I know. that power. I, yeah, I know. Um, so, uh, did did ham radio used to be more prevalent, and has its use diminished over time? Is it basically like a telegraph machine these days, or a pager? Uh, no, actually, it's not. Um, there's uh, uh, it hasn't grown by leaps and bounds. But the last time that uh, uh, our club did a testing set session, and uh, and you need to study and actually take a test for it, uh, that uh, we uh, we licensed uh, 22 new hams, and uh, three of them were in high school. So uh, yeah, there are young people coming along. Uh, there are younger people in their uh, 20s and 30s coming along. So. Uh, it is it is doing well, so it's uh, uh, it's not a growing hobby per se, but the technology involved uh, is is also gone leaps and bounds from uh, from Marconi and knocking out uh, Morse code on uh, wireless transmitters back in the day. So people are still doing it, and if people are um, just tuning in, we're talking with Glenn Morrison. He's president of something called the Desert Rats. You can check out their website desertrats.us and learn more about what they're doing. Um, why do people still do it generally? Obviously, the emergency situation makes perfect sense. If someone wants to get in touch with a loved one and there's a zombie apocalypse or there's an electromagnetic pulse or there's um, any number of other emergencies, I can understand the use of, of ham radio. Beyond the emergency use, though, why do people use ham radio? Why do the members of your club still do it? Uh, well, like I said, it's, it's still actually a social media. I talk with a friend every morning about 7 o'clock, uh, and you can tune around the bands and 
talking. You can hear people talking to each other like they talk to their friends. Uh, they are friends. Uh, they might be a hundred miles away. They might be a thousand miles away. So a it's 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 just a hobby. It's a fun thing to do. Uh, there's a certain amount of technology and and fun things. Um, ham radio operators bounce signals off of the moon. Why? Because we can. Uh, and uh, we have our own satellites uh, with a little handheld radio. You can talk to. Uh, other hams uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away using our very own, that we own, satellites. And uh, and you can talk to the space station. So we've got amateur television. We've got all sorts of stuff that uh, uh, that ham radio does that's just, it's just lots and lots of different ways so to get involved. If you're if you're a ham radio operator, you can actually... Legitimately, you can speak to the space station, the people on the space station? Yes. In fact, uh, pretty much every shuttle mission and the International Space Station always has ham radio operators on board. That's wild. I had no idea about that. Now, I'm a, that really appeals to me because I'm a big fan of uh, of space, space exploration, and science fiction. And because of that, I always really loved the television program, The Twilight Zone. And they there is one episode of The Twilight Zone in 1964 which alludes to ham radio, and some people who uh, may or may not be aliens end up moving next door, and they have some weird antenna on their house and the people in the neighboring house see that something is starting to mess up with their television and radio transmission. Here's a clip from that Twilight Zone episode of people Martha, I haven't seen it. Come here a moment. Look. That wasn't there this morning, was it? No. The Andersons took their antenna with them when they moved. It's a star of luck. What? Ham radio operators. You know what they do to radio and television reception? Daddy. Yeah, Ella? I don't know what's the matter, but I was listening to my radio while I was studying, and all of a sudden it began picking up these weird forces. Ham radio operators. Well, is there anything we can do about it, or we just have to live with it? Well, there's one thing we can do. We can make sure they've got a license to operate it. Oh, well, do you think you should, Stu? I mean, those men seem so kind of threatening somehow. Uh, my question for you, Glenn, is if someone does set up a ham radio setup, does that actually interfere with conventional television and radio? Are people going to experience that same disrupted transmission that we saw in that Twilight Zone episode? Uh, Fifty-five years ago, sound like my grandfather or something, uh, when I got my license, yes, it actually it would happen. Uh, I had a filter on my transmitter, and I put filters on all the televisions uh, in my neighborhood. And uh, uh, I'll accept my one neighbor. I just whatever it wouldn't. It just I couldn't get it out, so I couldn't fix it. But so I stayed off during Merv Griffin, and <laughs> other than that, we were good. So that was her one request, and you know, but. Uh, Televisions are much better designed than they were 50 years ago. Uh, and then everybody's on cable and satellite. And then ham radio, when a lot of people back in the day, we built our own. I built my first transmitter uh, from my electronics shop in high school. 
uh, and uh, I built my receiver from a kit, a commercial kit. So, yeah, they maybe weren't the best. But nowadays, everything is, is manufactured and it meets strict requirements from the FCC. And uh, uh, I've never heard of a, of a problem of anybody, uh, you know, interfering with somebody's uh, radio broadcast or television or anything like that. I, I know you alluded to going to the space stations and bouncing signals off the moon. The average ham radio transmitter that someone has, how far does it go? How far can the average person communicate with a ham radio geographically? Um, my, my basic transmitter is 100 watts. And uh, like I said, we can run up to 1,500. And we can have towers with all those big long antennas with all the elements to it and stuff. I have a wire antenna and run about 100 watts. And um, my furthest communication was uh, uh, Reunion Island, which is in the Indian Ocean, almost halfway around the world. 12,000 miles, 11,000 something or other miles. So uh, when things are right, um, and it has a lot to do with sunspots and all sorts of science stuff about the uh, ionosphere and things like that, but when things are right, um, you can literally talk around the world. I know guys that will send a quick signal like on Morse code, and hams still do Morse code. Not required anymore, but hams still do Morse code. And if they'll send a quick signal and beam direction their uh, their antenna one direction, and then listen, and we can actually hear themselves coming around the world all the way around. It's called working long path. Well, wow. Glenn Morrison, uh, president of the Desert Rats, is my guest now. I, I, a listener sent me a, a ham radio, and it's a little walkie-talkie-looking thing, as you described earlier. I have no idea how to get started. If someone purchases a ham radio transmitter right now, how do they get started? What's the first step? Okay, the first step is to get licensed um, because it is illegal, uh, $10,000 fine, two years in jail, wow. but, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, to operate that radio... Uh, same as jamming or anything else, it's, it's illegal. So the first thing to do is get a license. And you can go to, uh, there's a group called uh, the ARRL, A-R-R-L dot org. And they've got a list of clubs. And uh, and you can, that can help you and mentor you. And uh, we'll do testing sessions and things like that. Uh, there's also, uh, uh, you can find books on Amazon on uh, how to study for your, your license. And you can uh, study for your entry-level license. And uh, we have a, a girl in our club that's 11 years old. And she studied and passed her test. Some basic theory, some rules and regulations, uh, some things like that, a little bit of math. Kind of, kind of like that, but uh, you need to get your license first. And wow. there is, there is a test, and local ham groups do uh, administer the tests, or you can do them online. My doctor is currently studying 
and he's going to be taking his test online on a Zoom session. Wow, that is wild. So I, as I mentioned, am very interested in space and aliens and that whole thing, and I enjoyed the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, and Ham Radio actually plays a pretty pivotal part in that film. This, in fact, is how the film begins. CQ, this is W9GFO here. Come back. CQ. CQ. This is W9GFO here. Come back. CQ, CQ. This is W9GFO. Is anybody out there? I'm not getting anything. What is she doing there? Explain to folks that aren't familiar with the process. What is she doing? Oh, well, uh, calling CQ is... uh uh, basically going out your front door going, hello! Um, and that's what it is, except for on the radio, going CQ, CQ. This is WB6RLC calling CQ, uh, CQ and listening. And then somebody will be tuning around the band, because the ham band is very much like your AM radio. You tune up and down the whole band. It's not huh. like CB where there's where there's channels. So you got to go looking for them, and you tune around, and you hear somebody going, CQ, CQ, this is W9, uh, whatever she was. Interesting. Uh, and then you would go, W9ABC, this is WB6RLC. And they go, oh, hey, WB6RLC. And you start a conversation, and you hand it back and forth to each other, and, and, and you know. Great friendships are made that way. Uh, that is really interesting. And I, I do think ham radio is one of those things that with this this wave of nostalgia sweeping the nation may make even more of a comeback. Well, I love what you're doing. Glenn Morrison, Desert Rats, please keep us posted. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Frank. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority prioritygoldguide.com. You want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. We are monitoring this situation with this submersible. If you're just tuning in, they have uh, discovered some noises. A Canadian rescue ship has detected underwater noise in the search area, and they are redirecting their efforts. Now, I would assume this is a very positive development. So as long as with any news on this, whether it breaks while we're on the air or off, we're going to bring it to you. So uh, keep it tuned to this station, and if you're interested in the efforts to recover the Titan, this is your go-to place. We are live. A lot of the other stations you're going to turn to are playing warmed-over replays of other programs, not us. We are going to keep you posted on this and bring anything we need. We learn on this front. This is The Other Side of Midnight, to be continued straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? 
Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.